Hello and welcome to Elephant in the Room. My name is Joey Rodriguez. I'm the host and it is a new year. Last time we were with you on Elephant in the Room, it was probably March or April. School had not gone out yet and um, it was a fun time. Coronavirus hit and we unfortunately had to leave GW and we've been gone ever since and are not back and we won't be going back either because it'll be online for another semester. So I'm here with our two newly elected freshman representatives, Payson Thomas and Aiden Yohannan. Payson, why don't you go first? Tell us where you're from, what you're majoring in, you know, what kind of Republican are you? Yeah, so uh, like Joey said, my name is Payson. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm majoring in political science and minoring in Spanish and Latin American studies. I would say I'm a more moderate conservative but definitely hold most of those foundational conservative beliefs. Okay, what are you majoring in? Political science. Oh, sorry. And then uh, what do you want to do after GW? What are you thinking about doing? I know I want to go on to law school and then start a career off in legislative um, law and then sometime work my way up into the political realm and run for office someday. Nice. Very aspirational. Good luck. Um, Aiden, what about you? Where are you from? What are you majoring in? What are you thinking about doing after GW? Yeah, so uh, my name is Aiden Yohan, obviously. Um, I'm from just outside Philadelphia, um, kind of near the Westchester area, if you know where that is. Um, my major is international affairs and uh, Mandarin Chinese. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I've been doing that since, since like... That's from left field. Yeah, yeah. That's out awesome. of nowhere there. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to do like a security concentration, hopefully um, get out of college, maybe uh, maybe do a master's, but maybe do like uh, something in intelligence or security, I think would be pretty cool. Um, but then I also like political strategy. So I'd be looking at something uh, in that realm as well. Awesome. So both of you have not experienced a real, you know, real college life yet. How has it been doing online school from the very beginning? Payson? Um, it's been, I wouldn't say rough, just kind of boring. I mean, it's kind of boring just sitting around all day and opening my laptop and just going to class. And it's been very much just routine and it's kind of like anticlimactic since kind of the point of going to college was getting out of routine life and living a more spontaneous, independent life, yeah. which I don't feel like I'm doing right now. How are you feeling your time? What are you doing? Well, I interned for Congressman Dan Crenshaw with Hooli, and I also have a part-time job at Panera Bread. So, <laughs> Panera. Yeah, I actually just got back from it. But anyways, uh, basically That's I've funny. been working a lot. Social life's been kind of slow because all my friends got to go off to college and I'm here alone. Do you have other friends like in person having fun? Yeah, a lot of my friends went to like SEC schools, so all of them are back. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Things. What about you, Aiden? Um, for me, it's it's been pretty boring. It kind of it actually like got so much worse when I heard spring semester was off because like one of the biggest draws is like being yeah. in DC, and that was just like it was pretty hard hit <laughs> for me. Um, I'd say I you know getting here freshman year, I was pretty starstruck just by you know being able to be like two blocks from the Lincoln Memorial from where I live like where my dorm is or you know there's a protest at the White House you can just 
walk five minutes and you're there. And so you're kind of just a part of history the whole time. So not being able to experience that is definitely very sad. And, you know, you're not getting your GW experience, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully I can be there in the spring some way for at least some period of time. And then I'm not going to get a graduation. Very sad. You know, probably no commencement. Let's get into some political topics. Um, so let's talk about the presidential debate and the vice presidential debate. Did you guys watch it? What'd you guys think? Good, bad, funny stuff? Yeah, I can start. Um, like a lot of people, I believe the presidential debate was much close to a disaster rather than a civil discussion. Um, not really anything, like any substance-based benefits from either candidate in my opinion um i pretty much think trump just argued with chris wallace most of the time and biden just stood there and laughed so (laughs) i wasn't a fan of the presidential debate i thought the vice presidential debate was a lot better um but the fly the damn fly fly got him a twitter following that's pretty shocking i know it went viral on twitter yeah but wasn't surprised um but i definitely thought that one was a lot better. I thought the moderator stayed out of it most of the time, which was great. Um, I think we got some dodging of questions by Kamala, and I think Mike Pence kind of stood his ground and kept his composure and allowed for a very meaningful and substance-based discussion from the both of them. Yeah, I was I was very surprised by uh, you know how I think how well Mike Pence did compared to Kamala Harris. Aiden, how how do you think Mike Pence did? Um, you know, at the beginning, I was, I wasn't too confident, but, um, after they got into it, like maybe, maybe past the first like half hour, um, I was actually like pleasantly surprised with how he was doing. I think he was, um, he was being like very mature. He wasn't like making like any faces or anything, which is, is pretty easy to do in the presidential debate nowadays, but, um, Kamala Harris got a whole bunch of memes made out of her for her debate yeah. performance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was an SNL skit uh, for the vice presidential debate. And um, I, I, I don't remember the name of the woman that plays her, but it was just like her making the, I know those Kamala faces the entire time. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did pretty well, to be honest. Um, so let's talk about um, mailing votes, you know, mail-in ballots. You guys are going to be probably first time voters, or maybe this will be your second time um whether or not you voted in like a a midterm election how are you guys feeling about mail-in ballots have you already voted um so i actually haven't voted yet um in texas we have much more of an option of whether or not we're going to be able to vote in person or um through mail-in ballots so i plan to vote in person on election day so i have not voted yet um and just kind of from the looks of it, I don't really think mail-in ballots or mail-in ballots are going to be useful. Um, they're not as widespread and allowed in general elections, and this is just a special one. And I really think that the results that are going to come from this election aren't going to be very accurate. I mean, you hear stories coming out weekly about thousands, hundreds of thousands of ballots just being found yeah. on the road or in trash cans, and it's just like. There's no possible way that every single vote's going to be counted that's mailed in and we're going to get accurate results. 
Yeah, I was reading this story. Um, this Philadelphia news station um, mailed out 100 envelopes stamped um, postage inside was supposed to be uh, a unique, <clears throat> you know, little thing saying, you know, this is an election ballot, yada, yada. And they started from a whole bunch of different areas around Philadelphia and mailed it to um, you know, the post office, and then they were supposed to get it mailed back to a PO box. Just, and they wanted to see how successful were they, were any ballots going to be lost, or, you know, were they all going to be there and it's going to be perfectly fine. And 97 out of 100 made it there. And that sounds good. I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty successful. This is a city um, place. But then when you think about it, that's 3%. And then if you average that out across the whole United States, obviously not every city or town is going to have the same problem, but 3% of the American electorate is huge. That's millions of votes that either are lost or could not end up at the right address. So I was, if that, if that's kind of extrapolated towards a, a national scale, then it, I mean, doesn't look good. I mean, even if 1% of the ballots don't get, you know, aren't successful, that's still a million votes not successfully counted over a million. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, the U.S. ballot is a very sacred thing. It's not something you just, it's not just a piece of paper. You um, you have to have like an actual, uh, a very, very rigid um, consideration for it. And, uh, you know, even though uh, there's no like huge, uh, like big numbers to back up the uh, fact that there's, there could be, um, uh, voter fraud. I do think there's obviously been cases where they've been found in like rivers and creeks and trash cans. Um, and even Fauci has said it's, it's safe to vote in person. Um, so I think um, it's best that everyone that can vote in person votes in person. Um, I think that'll be the best way to secure like legitimacy for this election. Right. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, so actually tomorrow it's Monday, it's Columbus day, but it's also apparently uh, Amy Coney Barrett's first congressional hearing in front of the Senate. Um, how are you guys feeling about that? How do you, how do you feel about Amy and uh, how do you think she'll do? Aiden, why don't yeah. you go first? Um, you know, I find it interesting. Uh, obviously there seemed to be a lot of, um, a lot of backlash when Kavanaugh was nominated and they seem to have found, or maybe not have found a lot of like dirt on him. Um, but it's kind of funny how like, the the criticism of Amy Comey Barrett is that she's Catholic. I just thought, I think that's kind of funny. Like that's <laughs> almost like the worst thing they, they can find on her. Um, but yeah, the problem is that Joe Biden, the top Democrat in the nation, the, the nominee for the entire party is also Catholic. Yeah. And so it seems that being Catholic only is a problem when it's someone who's conservative and not someone who's on the left or liberal. Mm -hmm. They don't have a problem with Joe Biden being Catholic, but yeah, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. And it's just like those two, there's like, she wrote two articles when she was at Notre Dame about how like religion can give you morality and like your decisions and stuff like that. But even then um, a lot of the constitutional law that um, country is governed by is rooted in a little bit of um, Christianity and stuff like that. But, but besides that, I think, um, I, I think appointing a nominee at this time is, um, I don't really have an issue with it, but um, I can definitely see the hypocrisy. And I think Republicans were wrong in 2016 to say that Obama um, couldn't appoint um, 
or they didn't even hold a vote in the Senate in uh, 2016. I think they should have because um, even if even if he uh, the Republicans had a majority, so even if they did hold a vote, he wouldn't have gone through, and they wouldn't have this mess that they're in now. In my opinion, yeah, I, I'm actually of a similar mind. I think um, you know the Republicans had the majority in the Senate, and the Constitution says that you know for a nominee to go through um, appointed by the president also has to be passed with the advice and consent of the Senate. And so I, I think at the very least, Merrick Garland should have gotten a vote. Um, and you could just say that, you know, it's the Republican, it's, you know, every Senator's duty to advise the consent and the Republicans just don't consent to this kind of nominee. And it could have just been, you know, laid there to bear at that as opposed to not having any kind of vote at all. Um, yeah. Payson, what do you think? Um, have you heard of the Biden rule, you know, in 1992 of him, uh, you know, saying the exact same thing as Mitch McConnell, just being the first one to say it, that if, an, you know, George H.W. Bush if, you know, was president, if there's a vacancy on the Supreme Court, Joe Biden said that there should not be, you know, a nomination and there should not be a vote held on that nominee during that year there, we should wait for whomever the new president would be and to allow them to nominate or I mean I, if it was H.W. Bush then it should have been him again. Um, what do you think? Yeah so I, I like to say that I'm on the same mindset as you guys. I really just think the 2016 um, scenario was kind of the roles reversed. I think hypocrisy from both sides is coming up to bite both of them and I really just think that um, the Democrats trying to say that the Republicans were the only ones in the wrong in 2016 isn't correct and vice versa because if the Republic or the Democrats were in the scenario that the Republicans are in right now, there's no doubt in my mind that they would have sent someone in the next day. And so I really think it's just kind of hypocritical on both ends for them to feel the opposite way that they did in 2016. Um, but like Aiden said, I'm excited to finally get this on with. I mean, we've been hearing about it ever since Justice Ginsburg passed away. And I really think it's just time to get the process going. It's been hyped up in the media. It's been a national phenomenon. And I'm really just excited for it to get started. And for all these outrageous attacks to just stop. I literally almost like lost it when I saw people trying to say that she kidnapped her children from Haiti. And yeah, that's we're awful. attacking their outfit choice. And we're like, oh, they only have one outfit. I was just like, uh, okay, this is dumb. Uh, like, this is all you got. And it's just like, I just, again, I just think it's too much and just like get on with it. Yeah, I think uh, this should be a pretty fun confirmation process. Um, I think it'll be hard for Democrats to find a bunch of things to hit her on besides her being a conservative, which is sort of makes them sound a little bit more hypocritical as if you know the politics side is what matters for a judge even though that judge keeps on saying that you know it's not politics that decides their opinions uh, and dissents it's their uh ideology of how they think the law works what the law says and um what they think the way the law should be applied um so i think it's very unfortunate she is a conservative she's described herself as an originalist and a textualist which is uh, something that I care about a lot because I consider myself both of those things as well. Um, you know, learning in constitutional law classes here at GW, 
um, and even before, and then especially just seeing three, you know, two judges being confirmed, justices being confirmed in the Supreme Court. Do you guys have an opinion on a methodology on how you should interpret the Constitution or just not any interest at all? Either of you? Um, I think I'm very much with you, like in the like Scalia mindset of originalism and, and interpreting um, things for what they meant at the time and um, interpreting text as the text. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely with you there. And I think she's correct in her philosophy. Cool. Um, so we, we've been, go ahead, go ahead, Payson. I was just going to say, I agree with what Aiden said. It's been, uh, it's been fun getting to see how some of the Supreme Court justices uh, might change or, I mean, stay the same way. We've seen John G. Roberts, who's the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, um, sort of go, I'd say, you know, he's not a liberal by any means. He's definitely a, a you know, conservative ideology, but he's gone more left in years on the court. Um, while other just, justices have been uh, probably a little bit more conservative than um, the previous ones being appointed. Um, do you guys have any stances on whether or not you think Roe v. Wade will be overturned here in the future with a even more conservative court? Do you think it will be the same or do you think they won't outlaw or overturn Roe v. Wade? They'll just um, come up with a new way of in, uh, allowing or enforcing or not enforcing any kinds of abortion laws. Aiden, why don't uh, you start? Um, I definitely say, I, I don't think they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade at all. I really don't. I, I, it's, I don't think, I think, um, what's his name? Justice Thomas is like one of the only other um, conservatives on the court that actually agrees with that. And um, it's actually, I think it's just a huge wedge for the Republican Party in general. Um, in, in every election, they use it um, as kind of like a, a, a big point to get um, uh, religious people to vote, uh, like single issue voters to vote for them. And I, I don't think they're um, too prone to just um, overturn it this easily. I think they're going to kind of draw it out to get as many votes as they can, to be honest. Just who's got who's got a who's got a cute dog yeah that's me sorry about that that's you what kind of dog you got i got a rottweiler and then a little like uh a mutt he's like a mix of a bunch of things um we got him from a shelter i've got a tiny little pomeranian yorkie my sister picked out it's all her uh, Payson, what about you? you got any dogs yeah i had two but one just passed away a couple days ago oh my um, gosh one, that's one, awful one, yeah. sorry Sorry about yeah. that. Uh, Payson, what about you? What do you think? you think Roe v. Wade's going to be overturned? Do you think it should be, shouldn't be? Tough question. Uh, <laughs> well, I know we were going to get into my views on things, but I would say my view on abortion is definitely one of the more conservative views I always have. I want it to be overturned, but I don't think okay. it will because I think part of what plays into John Roberts is more, I wouldn't say left-leaning, but his little divergence from what he used to feel was definitely kind of the media and the mob kind of manipulating people to feel a certain way. And I think that's going to play a big part in what happens on the court. And that I think people are really just going to lose their minds if that even comes into question. And we think things are crazy now. When they start questioning that, I think things are really just going to go absolutely insane. 
And that's really going to drive some people to some conservatives just to be like, let's put it on the DL on the back burner. And I don't think that's something with because I really think like Aiden said that's something that's really divisive by nature and it's just gonna bring crazy things even crazier yeah yeah to add, what, to add what Payson said I was just gonna say that Roberts is like obsessed with story decisis and he's not really <laughs> he probably thinks Roe v. Wade is like a landmark case at this point that can't be overturned so I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of his justification not to yeah um Good, good point to bring up on stare decisis. Um, something that um, Judge Amy Coney Barrett wrote in one of her uh, opinions was that um, she doesn't believe that Roe v. Wade has become a super precedent in um, the definition of what she, you know, anyone has a, their own definition on this because it's not technically, uh, you, know, s- you know, firm legal definition, but super precedent means that it is a long-standing precedent by the Supreme Court that does not have any current day real legal challenges across the United States. Um, so you would say something like Brown v. Board has become uh, a super precedent just because across the United States, there aren't any real um, hard-hitting cases uh, that could move against the opinion set in Brown v. Board. However, in Roe v. Wade, there are, you know, obviously we've had Planned Parenthood v. Casey um, after Roe v. Wade. Um, and there have also been many challenges to uh, abortion law across the several United States, uh, many in Texas, many in Alabama or Tennessee, um, you know, with heartbeat bills and things like that. Um, so her mindset is that it hasn't become a super precedent yet. Um, so that's just very interesting. And I'm sure she's going to be asked exactly that question. Why doesn't she think Roe v. Wade is super precedent yet? And why, you know, why doesn't she think it shouldn't be? Um, so let, let's move on on a couple fun questions. We're, we're going to wrap it up. We want to keep this first episode back short and sweet. Um, do you guys think a hot dog is a sandwich? Pace and go. I'd say no, because a sandwich is in between two pieces of bread, and the hot dog isn't separated. Like, it's not okay. like, like, it's connected. What that if when you're eating the hot dog, the, the bread comes undone, and so it's... Okay, it's that's such a what if. We're, we're talking normally. It, I, I could see maybe a taco, but it's not... It's not a, a taco being a sandwich. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not two being, pieces of bread. Okay, let me explain myself. A, ta- a okay, hot dog being do. a taco, not a sandwich. Oh, a hot dog being a taco. Yes. Why isn't a taco a, a hot dog then? I never said it couldn't be. Okay. <laughs> Aiden, what do you think? I think That's that was some good analysis by Payson, but I'd... Uh... I think I'd have to agree. If if the bread breaks, I think that's irrelevant because it was served as a sandwich. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's all about the original meaning behind putting the hot dog together as opposed yeah. to what yeah. happens after. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's up to you to make it that way. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about uh, is cereal soup? Is cereal soup? Aiden, you start off. Um, yeah. You know, whoa, that's I don't controversial. know. I, I research much of this, uh, but I don't see any difference. I don't see Jason? any. Difference. 
you clearly have a differing opinion. No, because you don't add ingredients to soup. You don't say like, oh, I'm going to make chicken noodle soup. Here's the broth. Let me dump in some noodles. No. Like, okay, you pour your milk in the bowl, and then you pour the Fruit Loops in, or the other way around. That's a different debate for another day. But you don't get chicken broth and then be like, oh, chicken. Oh, carrots. Like, no. Pack it up. Yes. You put carrots in soup before you... Or you can put stuff in soup after you cook it. Yeah, but you don't put, you don't assemble it when you're about to eat it. Dissenting opinions here. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay, next question. Maybe uh, this will be worse. Is water wet? Is water no. wet, Aiden? Oh, sorry, Payson, you go first. No? No, makes things wet. Okay. I would Aiden. say... Um, like a single single water molecule isn't wet, but when two water molecules are together, then they're wet because wet is no, absolutely not. What? You have the hot takes today. What's going on? What makes something wet is when it has water on it. So if a water molecule has another water molecule, yeah, but water can't make itself wet. Yeah, water can't make itself wet. It doesn't make. It doesn't matter when you're making wet. wet. You don't describe water as wet. Like, you describe things that are wet with water as like wet. But you water don't describe water as wet. It's like, oh, I've got uh, some, you know, like water in my cup, but the water isn't wet. You know, it's the water is not wet. <laughs> oh yeah, the <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should think more about this, Aiden. I have to do some introspection after this. <laughs> Yeah, we got to do a, a study on it. Okay. Um, Payson, you go first. What is your most liberal position? I'd say social issues, specifically like LGBTQ rights. I wouldn't say that like generally most conservatives disagree with that, but I would say of the positions that I hold, I definitely lean more towards liberal ideologies when it comes to that rather than conservative. Okay, cool. Uh, Aiden, what about you? What's your most liberal position? Um, my most liberal position would probably be um, just my stance on like climate change. I think okay. um, I think when done carefully, the government can have like a positive effect um, if it's something along the lines of nuclear energy, which the private market can't really get over the investment hurdle of. I think the government can play a role. Um, to some effect, not completely um, in, in a curving kind of climate change. Okay. Uh, let's see. What's your most conservative position? Payson, go ahead. As I mentioned, it's going to be being pro-life. I don't compromise much on that. Um, definitely very passionate about that. Very into it. I've read a lot into it. And I definitely have zero give when it comes to my views on abortion. Okay, cool. Aiden, what about you? Most conservative position? I was going to say abortion too, but I can, I'll try to think of something else. Um, um, you can say abortion too. Is that fine? Yeah, I think I really do think abortion would probably be my most conservative, to be honest, because, yeah, yeah, really. Okay. No and compromise and other than like rape. What's rape. made you pro life? Like, what have you read or what do you believe that makes you pro life? I just believe that um, from the moment of conception, um, the fetus is a human 
and it's alive and therefore is endowed with human rights and it doesn't have the it, it, it no one has the right to uh murder it or um kill it okay all right so that is all we have today for elephant in the room hope you guys enjoyed getting to know your two newly elected freshman representatives here today a little bit more Thank you, Payson. Thank you, Aiden, for coming on. My name's Joey, and thank you for listening to Elephant in the Room.